Welcome to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. This is co-host Ryan Smith with Coach Stephanie Holbrook, where we get a chance to geek out on all things fitness. And welcome back to the Fitness Nerds Podcast. This is Coach Ryan Smith with another one of our fun and informative interviews. Uh, Today's guest is one of the few running coaches that I definitely pay attention to. Um, In a world where most running and endurance coaches are all about junk miles, working through the pain, um, anything that they can do to just get their athlete across the finish line, uh, there's uh, there's a few of us that are out there that are more of about efficiency, making better athletes, um, run more efficiently, smarter, healthier athletes. And James Dunn, did I pronounce it correct? You done? Is it Dunn? Yeah, Dunn? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He's the founder of Kinetic Revolution in Great Britain, and he's not just a running coach, but like me, he is a movement geek. And uh, so, welcome to the Fitness Nerds. Thank you very much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be talking to you today. Yeah. So uh, I was introduced to your coaching style as I was kind of researching, trying to find what other coaches are out there are doing. Doing whenever I was starting my uh, official coaching business, kind of moving from the regular personal training and focusing just on runners. And what really intrigued me about you was how similar our styles and thought processes are, and how we approach an athlete. So, what can you tell me a little bit about your background, what kind of led you into the the realm of running coaching the way you do it? Yeah, okay, so um, I'm a sports rehabilitation therapist uh, by qualification, so I've got a bachelor's in sports rehab. That um, I actually qualified for while I was still playing professional rugby union full-time. So I was down in London, um, that was in the sort of 2000s, early 2000s playing uh, pro rugby and at that point if you told me uh, 10, 12, 15 years down the line that I would be working full time with endurance athletes I would have looked at you very very strangely. Um, I have however always had a passion for coaching one way or another Um, not that until recent years I probably would have realized or or even called it a passion. Um, I was a qualified qualified, uh, sailing instructor in my teens and all the way through my, my rugby career, I was constantly coaching and helping out the youth teams, etc. Um, and it seems to have become a, a, a nice way of being able to use my rehab degree in a setting outside of the clinical world. So a lot of the people who qualify with a sports rehab degree, they go off and work alongside, alongside uh, physiotherapists, so physical therapists over in the States. Right. Um, I suppose the equivalent over in the States would be an athletic trainer, perhaps. Right. Um, And a lot of that time will be spent in the rehab gym, in the sports injuries clinic. Um, And that's actually where, as a new graduate, I ended up working. So I ended up working in a multidisciplinary clinic, um, looking after a lot of runners, triathletes, footballers, sprinters, from all sorts of different realms, um, helping them get back from injuries, working within a great team of various different types of clinicians, so physios, osteos, etc, etc. I learned a hell of a lot in that time um, and particularly found this interest for running biomechanics um, and particularly working with a few key physios there, um, learned a lot about the underlying patterns, if you like, that we see in terms of the overuse injuries particularly that runners, triathletes and endurance athletes in general seem to present with um, you know, you've got a number of kind of common common injuries if you like 
Um, so at that point, it became fairly obvious, that, well, obvious to me at least, that you know, if you're going to start rehabbing these guys, we need to actually look at how they're running. We need mm -hmm. to look at what it is they're actually doing while they're running, as well as other movements, um, to start beginning to work on the underlying factors that bring them to the point of injury that they present with. So I, at that point, I wasn't playing rugby anymore. I'd gone into, um, gone into this kind of with, with everything. Mm -hmm. And as with any kind, of, um, any kind of graduate job, I suppose, after a few years, you make a big decision. You think, well, I've kind of, I feel like I've learned a hell of a lot here. Do I stick around and see where I can go with the company? Or do I do what really is the burning thought in the back of my head is I want something for myself? So that's right. where you kind of take a big jump and you, you kind of hold your breath and you jump in with both feet and you start your own business. Right. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what Kinetic Revolution turned into. Well, that's where it started. Um, but okay, so you know, I've got um, you know, I've got an opportunity to help as many people as I can. What's the best way of doing this? Right. Well, I thought a website would be a great way to start. So uh, mm -hmm. there's two sides of the business now. You've got the face-to-face -face coaching and workshops, etc., and right. then the online side, which I know we're going to talk about later, mm -hmm. the first day challenge and what have you. Right. So really, it all comes down to the fact that I. Um, really take a, a focus now on helping runners and triathletes and looking at the movement side of things that you really start to allude to with the movement tagline right yeah well great yeah i mean in, and in this you know in this industry i guess the uh one of the things that is stunning is how 70 percent of runners is what they're saying now are getting injured every single year so you know what is it about such a, a simple sport you know running is something that everybody can do why do we have such high injury rates? Absolutely. Um, and if you look at various different bits of research that's out there, that number does jump around, but mm -hmm. whatever, whichever number you take as the injury rate, it is remarkably high. Mm -hmm. um, and there are clearly a number of factors um, when it comes down to you know, why that is. I think the accessibility um, of running as a sport, you know, why there's so many people, if you ask them, why did you take up running? Um, you know, is the fact that anyone can do it. Mm -hmm. um, and while that's massively, massively positive, there are also um, reasons around that in terms of why if you've got someone who's going to perhaps be know, kind of barreled along with their friend to come and let's sign up for this 10 miler, let's sign up for this 10K, right. um, where perhaps they're not ready, they all of a sudden throw themselves into this, where in any other sport, perhaps you might not see the same kind of, um, you know, the same kind of, oh, it'll be fine kind of attitude. So, you know, if you were to take up, let's say if you were to take up surfing, you'd probably get surfing lessons. Mm -hmm. If you were to take up tennis, you'd probably get tennis lessons. Um, whereas running, because it's just one of our human patterns that we, that we kind of learn as we grow up, mm -hmm. um, we kind of assume that, oh, anyone can do it, off we go. Right. And, you know, the injury the injury rates seem to tell a bit of a story around that. You know, one way or another, a lot of people are breaking down. And then, of course, there's the, the various different, let's say, levels of quality of information and mm -hmm. advice that's, that's out there. Right. Um, so a lot of people essentially try and do too much too soon. Right. And that's one of, to, to simplify things, that's one of the main causes we see, people who are just essentially overstretching themselves. 
Right. Oh, I, I agree. And it, it, it is such a low barrier to entry sport because you can just walk out your front door. And I think, and that's a good thing and a good thing and a bad thing because, mm. you know, most people are, they're going to either run in shoes. So we'll get into shoes here in a, in a moment and stuff too. But I mean, you know, we have, so we get shoes. They don't know what shoes that they're looking for. We've got, you know, so many things from a industry standpoint of, you know, the shoes that are incorrectly fit for a person. We've got a, a shoe industry that has changed our biomechanics. You know, the, there's so many factors that are involved. And, you know, some again, you can just walk out your front door and you can go to uh, an inexpensive sporting goods store and buy a pair of clearance shoes and, and take off. And, you know, again, too much too soon. But then, you know, our jobs and driving and everything else has really taken away so many of our movement patterns. Totally, totally agree, and it's uh, we're also very conditioned, if you like, to, uh, as a running community, and then that information gets kind of passed down the line to new runners. We're conditioned to think that oh, it must be about the shoe. Now you started mm-hmm. running correctly. Are you, you, you know, people say, are you, have you, have you got the right shoe? Fine. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's certainly the right question to ask. Right. The problem is, the problem is, what what constitutes the right shoe? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when we're looking around research for that one, that's that's also really really sketchy. Um, right. You know, finding research which solidly um, advocates one particular method, if you like, of shoe fitting as being the way to go is is it doesn't really exist. There are various different papers which will say, you know, there's there's this, you know, follow this um, paradigm, follow that paradigm, but it's. Right. As a as a whole, very very sketchy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that's where our shoe industry has really not looked at the foot and the body as a whole. It has really looked at the foot as let's make a foot fit into the paradigm of what we want it to, versus the foot being a really a mechanical marvel, and let's make sure that it works the best. You know, and I think a lot of it comes from. Um, our parenting, you know, we put kids where it used to be we would earn our right to stand and we could stand and you would crawl and you would stand up, you'd fall down, you'd stand up, you'd fall down. And our body was really taking on the, um, our arch would develop because it was learning the strength from holding our body up. But now we take a lot of people and they put their kids in these things that roll around or their kids are, they're running around the house, but they've never, their arches never supported their body weight. So now we see, I see all the time whenever I'm working in the shoe store, I see kids that are 12 years old that have absolutely no arch and they're already starting bunions. And we have all kinds of things that are going on because there's been no foot health for them. They, their foot has never developed into a foot. Definitely, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, we're, that, that falls into a, you know, a conversation I know we're going to have later in terms right. of the way in which the way we live these days, um, as we grow up, um, yeah. we, we're kind of breaking the machine that we've been given, if you like. Right. We really, to be really kind of purist about it, that's, that's one way you could put it. Right. Um, you know, we're not living in a way which helps us maintain the quiet marvelous piece of machinery we've been given right yep so um yeah so with that i mean what do you think um you know where the this movement and technique um are you know as far as how you train the cornerstone of your working with your athletes and i know you work with athletes of all levels from beginners all the way up to highly competitive triathletes and and runners right yeah absolutely absolutely and just to i suppose build 
with the answer to this, build on the conversation we just had in terms of shoes, I often say to people that you know, it's what you're doing in the shoe rather than the shoe itself. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that you've got round about the right shoe on, but it's what you're doing in that that can determine really mm-hmm. whether it's going to be the right shoe for you or not. Um, then thinking about the foot within that shoe, kind of sometimes fairly tongue-in-cheek, because it's too simple, but tongue-in-cheek say, um, you know, the, the foot's only going to go, essentially, if, if we think about initial, let's say, initial contact, when the foot comes and first hits the ground, at that point, what's going on at that point in all different planes of motion is going to be determined by what's happened as the legs move through a swing phase to put the foot on the ground. So the foot's going to only go where the leg puts it. Right. So we need to make sure that what's happened above and then what's happening around the pelvis at the top of that leg, what's happening posturally. All these things are essentially not just in alignment, but doing, doing the right things at the right time, technique-wise, to make sure that we can set ourselves up when we're talking about initial contact, for initial contact to happen in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and for, as we're going through a stance phase, the right areas to be kicking, and particularly be able to, one of the big issues I see amongst runners and triathletes is dysfunction and mm-hmm. imbalance around the hips so make sure that people are able to 